This is Subject to This, an Ace Attorney Fancast. I'm Stephanie, bitter and whipped. I'm Michelle, vending machine sweet rolls. Hey. Swiss rolls? Swiss rolls. Swiss rolls. I don't. Do they have another name? I. Ho ho's. <laughs> right? They have a brand name, but in Ace Attorney, I think they're well, Swiss, Swiss rolls. Swiss rolls is right? like the general what it's called. I guess ho ho's. Are ho ho Swiss rolls? Quick, stop the podcast. <laughs> google i gotta i gotta go deeper into the internet real quick are what are ho-hos oh oh (laughs) kidding uh they are swiss rolls okay a swiss roll is a thing i we would hey look i understand we would know this if we watched great british bake-off because that's all they fucking make all the time but i did watch one episode of great british bake-off and I love cooking content, and I was bored out of my goddamn mind. So, sorry. There's a pair <laughs> I know everyone loves Mary Berry and shit, and I would know about Swiss rolls, but I don't. Uh, I, I did, but I was afraid I was wrong. <laughs> the real American they- fear. <laughs> That's not an American. Well, I guess yeah, me, being, me willing to admit that I could have been wrong was not very American of me. Um, but yeah. what, what is very Midwestern of me is saying, sorry about this intro. Hi, everybody. <laughs> welcome back yeah welcome to to our great british bake-off american podcast object this um you know we uh we decided we talked a long time we decided that we weren't too big for our britches that we don't have to bust that after we talked to sam regal last time so uh here we are uh and and now i'm thinking that was an unwise decision (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know what? Uh, he was very. Uh, I stand by everything we said. Uh, so uh, we're gonna keep providing content. We also, uh, as a reminder for everybody, we're still doing the stream for Investigations Two every Friday, seven p.m. Central Standard Time, U.S. Uh, and then we're also uploading them to YouTube. So, and I put those in the podcast description last time, but we didn't say. I didn't clear that with you, so we didn't say it on air. So now people can know that, hey, all those links to those chunky things are in the podcast description, which is a thing that I actually use as a real podcaster. I don't just bullshit every single time and add one sentence of garbage. Are you making fun of me? Shh. No, I do the same oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, hey, I edited one episode recently, and I did sort <laughs> of a bullshit sentence, but kind of a sentence. No, we just... We just, it's, the description has never been chunky for this podcast. We don't cite our sources. We're bad people. And so now it's nice to have a real chunky, real description with real links in it. Like we're real people. Well, I also updated, uh, or I didn't update, but on the most recent YouTube stream, I also put in our links. So we're like slightly professional now. (laughs) We, yeah, it took us eight years, but we can finally, uh, what is it called? Cite our sources. (laughs) integrate in it no social media integration oh yeah 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 that that thing or whatever the fuck um uh you know and we're like real podcasters because all real podcasters have to be in their closets too now i'm you know this is the first time i'm not in the closet i mean not the first time but i've recorded in every goddamn room in my house (laughs) (laughs) and this is now we're in the purple room oh oh um so uh we have a bunch of late homework because people were like ah, i forgot to email you and ah, i caught up for the hundredth and like thank you so much so we're gonna go over just briefly some late homework we're gonna talk about because we finished the whole first case of investigations to uh what is that turnabout called turnabout target 
turnabout target. So we finished all the turnabout target. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about turnabout target in the second half and uh, see where see where we go from there. But yeah. So yeah. So that'll be an, an investigations two spoiler zone. But for now, you're safe, and we can talk about late home. We can. And also, hey, wait, Michelle, is there news? Oh God, no. <laughs> but let me check for a second. But because I did see court records post something recently, but I don't think it was news. Um, let me check their Twitter because their their website hasn't been updated since July 2019. Coming up on a year on that one. Oh, here, yes, this is what it was. Um, the small news that court records posted about because they're as desperate as we are um, is that um, the Ace Attorney series has sold 7.5 million copies as of March 31st, up from 3.7 million as of the end of 2019. So in three months, they sold 0.2 million. Wow. Given the series hasn't even had a new port since the HD trilogy last year, this is pretty good for quarter one. So I think Court Records is hopeful that good sales in quarter one of this year mean that we're going to get something. Um, a lot of people are speculating, because Capcom, I think, announced that they're going to release seven new titles, or um, announce seven new titles by the end of this year, and a lot of people are hoping one is going to be an Ace Attorney game. I'm not hopeful. <laughs> I'm not hopeful, but I have... I, I'm going to cling to that, that little uh, Lifesavers candy size in this drought of hope. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is nice to cling to, I suppose. But yeah, so that's a bit of news. That's a little bit of, of a glimmer of something. Capcom also has a good good chunk of games, so I'm interested to see what those games they think are going to be. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, I mean, like, more games are good because we're gamers, but uh, I just, you know, it, hopefully hopefully DGS selling pretty good. They do announce something, yeah. you know? All right, so now that we've cleared the news out of the way... Just gonna put that put that in a little box, pack a little soil in there, put a little sprinkle a little water in there. Hopefully that grows into something. Put that on the windowsill. OG Master Mask, I don't remember if I said this last time, so I'm gonna say it again. Told us that with the drought, uh, as a reminder, Aviary Attorney was ported to the Switch a few months ago. Oh hell yeah, Aviary Attorney rules. Yeah, very good game. Uh, highly recommend. We did that on the Game and Stein podcast. Yeah, if you want to hear our thoughts on that, um, there's an episode of the Dr. Gamenstein podcast about it, but um, I can link it in the description. Uh, but um, <laughs> if you wanted, if you were like, hey, Ace Attorney, but I wish it was more French, that's the game for you, baby. <laughs> more French and uh, and very self-aware. Oh yeah, it is super self-aware. Um, man. I just, I keep thinking about, because I was like, I should go back and finish it, because I never finished it. Uh, and I, then I remember the pain that that game gave me emotionally. <laughs> but it's It was good. a good pain. It's just, uh, it's just, life is hard, so why make it harder <laughs> sometimes? I, you know, that's true. Uh, but speaking of games, which um, Kevin has said on, on the stream, but I'm going to say it over here to uh everybody else is uh rosina recommended a game called Turner die kagamigashine which is a free web browser game uh it's been translated by vg person in english it's not fully available but they're almost there uh and it's a combination of dangramps zero escape room and ace attorney and it's a f and it follows a group of characters forced into a death game so you have to do a bunch of floors of puzzle activities 
and you have to do majority votes. Somebody has to die, and um, you have to debate your picks. So very much like the Dangroms there. And then uh, there's uh, instead of just a defense and a prosecution, all ace attorney. You got ten participants vying for attention at the time. So um, it's it's got a mature rating and it's well deserved. There are some triggers on the website that are listed, so you know make sure you look at those if you want to play it. But uh, there's a character who's a detective in it, and it's super, super angsty and very, very good, says Rosina. <laughs> uh, the whole cast is spanning emotional emotional depth and character growth, and it hits home when it comes to voting time. So it's really, like, you like that atmosphere of escape room and dang romps and the articulation and character work of Ace Attorney. Uh, this is a good game for you. And Kevin, from Game Design Podcast, who's been streaming with us, said, like, he dropped everything and just played that which is very impressive because kevin's playing 17 games at all times yeah if kevin dropped everything for that that's a huge um good good vote or uh words it's a huge uh recommend yeah so highly recommended uh thank you rosina uh we haven't played it yet but we'll what was the name of it the game is uh your turn to die is the english name uh Kamigashine is the Japanese name. Yeah. And it's free on your web browser, so make sure you get. It's a good way to it's a good it's a good good way to stay up all night cuz you were already doing that anyway. <laughs> um so that's a that's a bit of pimping um of of games you can play while we wait for Ace Attorney to maybe have something. Uh but let's talk about uh, people people are still asking if they can delete characters from Ace Attorney because they just really want some people gone. So This is such a compelling question. It's a very compelling question. So let's talk about the late homework assignments we've had. Um, my boy Mopop. Uh, sorry, that was that was weak. My boy Mopop. Uh, there you go. Says, uh, do you, anyone remember F- Phineas Flinch? <laughs> I remember Phineas Filch. Of course I do, because we thought he was Apollo's dad. Yeah, okay, so here's a hot question. Besides stealing Apollo's bracelet for long enough to make Apollo's dad confirmed for one moment, what did he do? <laughs> um, he, he, he gave us some information about, because that was the wrestling case from Dual Destinies, mm-hmm. um, and Phineas Filch worked at the town where Wrestling Daddy worked. And I do recall that he he didn't so much give us stuff as his buffoonery led to us uncovering something. Because he was busy watching wrestling when he should have been watching the security cameras. Because we, I remember we went into his office and there was a circled TV guide right. with wrestling on it. And one of the other entries in it was Twilight. Um, right. Um, so, and I remember, distinctly remember that piece, that TV guide being a bit of evidence. So, um, he, his, um, he provided information by omission, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so Mop-Up. We could delete him. <laughs> Mop-Up had a bunch of dots and goes, I had to look it up. Uh, he tried to <gasps> steal gold from the manor in a costume, came across the murder victim, and then fled the scene, leaving a whole bunch of stuff at the scene while being spotted at Jinxie, by Jinxie. Uh, Florent LaBelle convinced him to lie in his testimony to hide both of their involvement in the murder. So, yeah. like, he really just fucked a lot of shit up. He really larried it yeah, up. Yeah, he huh? really larried it up. So, uh, it would be harder to prove that Florent did it, but that's fine. 
Yeah. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, we could definitely delete that character. Could delete that, dude. Uh, let's see. Who else? Who else are we deleting here? Uh, Barclay. Barclay uh, forgot to e- or didn't even think to email us, but Barclay wants to congratulate us and thank us. Oh, thanks, Barclay. And uh, wants us to say thanks. Oh, my God. Barclay, you're 16? <laughs> <laughs> That's when people see people find us when they're like fourteen, and then they then they continue with us into adulthood. No, no, Barclay is currently sixteen. <laughs> oh, I know, but Barclay's been listening for about a year. Oh boy, thank you, Barclay. Uh, thank you, Barclay. I'm glad young people are fine. Like, oh God, that's that was the oldest thing I said. I'm glad teens don't. Hey, don't say that you're glad we're we're cool with the TikTok teens. Come on, don't. Hey, we gotta have some street cred left. <laughs> but we are cool with the TikTok teens. When you acknowledge that Zoomers like us, the Zoomers will stop liking us. Is that us. the name that they're getting? <laughs> hey, hold the podcast. Is that what we're calling them? I did have to. I did harass my little brother recently uh, because they, the Gen Z kids. I do believe that Zoomer is gonna. They've been trying to name them for years, right. and I do believe Zoomer is gonna stick. No. <laughs> oh no. So I had. I had to formally apologize to Nathan that Zoomer is probably going to be what the Gen Z nickname is. Because I, I wanted to look. Because Zoom is also a thing now, which is a double reason why Zoomer is going to be a thing. Because it'll acknowledge what's going on in the world, which we won't. But, you right. know. And then, um, so I'm like, I'm sorry you're going to be Zoomer. And then I went and Googled it. And we- Merriam-Webster's Dictionary has Zoomer under a list of words that they are looking at closely. Okay to add and the minute it gets added to the dictionary that's the name oh god what what wait do they have a list they have, you said they have a list of things what are the other um things? it was on their web page let me see i can maybe i can pull it up words we're watching oh okay copy pot hey you can't hey, hey barry and webster you can't watch copy pasta because uh that's old shit <laughs> um don't add copy pasta to the dictionary <laughs> Um, so I can't find the list list, but if I Google Miriam Webster words we're watching, it just comes up with a bunch of pages that are the pages of words they're watching. Oh. The top one is copy pasta, optics, low key, velfi. I'm too old to know what a velfi is. Wow. Explainer, um, swole, ship, as in to ship characters. Right? They're looking at ship. Um, doggo, Spox? Oh, for spokesperson, S-P-O-X, Eb, Abigram, words artfully designed to look the same when inverted, um, TLDR, why are you watching TLDR in this, the year of our Lord 2020? (laughs) Oh, this word was added September 2018, so still far too late to the game. Yeah, so they have a, here's the one that, words we're watching, words we're watching, zoomer um the subtitle it's because it's got you know it's like a news or it's shaped like a news article so they've got the headline words we're watching colon zoomer and then the subtitle okay question mark okay period <laughs> <laughs> like the fault in our stars oh boy <laughs> zoomer is a nickname referring to members of generation z born in the late 90s and early 2000s it is its use is particularly popular popular to contrast baby boomer or boomer but before Gen Z was established, Zoomer was a, ver- a word to use specifically to refer to active baby boomers. 
But that's another reason, though, is like the the war on the war between Gen Z and the baby boomers is another reason why I think Zoomer is going to stick. I feel so bad for the the forgotten generation between boomers and millennials. The Gen Xers? The Gen Xers. Did they ever get a name? Oh, no. Are they just the Xers? Gen Xers, Gen Xers are the generation before millennials. Before yes, us. yeah. Did they ever get a name? Or are they the, um, literally I, the forgotten generation? I think that it's, I think their name is either Gen Xers or the forgotten generation. And I think they embrace Gen X. Yeah. Because being called forgotten um, sucks. <laughs> When my, when my mom, when I was harassing my brother, my little brother in the family group chat, um, I did, we determined that Leslie gets to pick whether she wants to be a millennial or a zoomer because she's in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but mom said, like a true Gen Xer, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel like the, the Gen Xers are the forgotten generation. Uh, their, their deal is they don't care. There's some Wikipedia says that they were sometimes called the latchkey generation due to the adult relax, reduced adult supervision compared with previous generations as a increase, result of increasing divorce rates and increased maternal participation in the workforce. You're right. I have heard that. Um, I mean, they just don't give a shit. You're right. <laughs> as adult and uh, my mom's technically not a Gen Xer. She's a little too old to be a Gen Xer, but um. I guess she's technically a boomer, but um, as adolescents and young adults in the 80s and 90s, Xers were dubbed the MTV generation, but that shit didn't stick. No. That was marketing. That's what that was. Yeah. The cohort has been credited with entrepreneurial tendencies and was the last generation in the United States for whom post-secondary education was broadly financially remunerative. <laughs> <laughs> This stopped being funny. Ouch. This this started hurting. <laughs> Oof. All right, we need to stop talking about generations. Um, but anyway, yeah, anyway, don't tell the TikTok teens we know that they think we're cool. No, I'm going to keep calling them TikTok teens because that's way better than Zoomers. I, <laughs> I do like TikTok teens, and I don't know if I came up with that, but I have been You've using been using it. Frequently. I've only heard you use it, but I, I'm here for yeah. it. <laughs> um. Back on track, Ross Murphy uh, wants to send in his first homework question because he's he's a new emailer for us. Uh, it, oh. Ace Attorney easily, he deletes Florent LaBelle. Just hates him so much. Be gr- It was good for him to send him to jail. It was a great pleasure. Um, he was, Florent LaBelle was like, gave me like bad Joker vibes. It was such a bad Joker vibe. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, it was not enjoyable. It was satisfying to send him to jail. Uh, he did not leave a lasting scar on me. Yeah, he didn't scar me either. But, you know, I've seen, when you've seen one bad joker, you just well, keep him coming. Was, okay. Yeah, it was a hot trend. I, I imagine it was the green hair in the purple suit, His right? face That's is also one. very pale. Like, I think it's like, he's like basically white-faced. Like clown makeup, white-faced. Yeah. yeah. Um. Our, you know, I'm I'm happy to delete him for a better murderer because he was so, he was just not, he. I didn't get enough evil vibes from him to, like, make him scary, you know? Yeah, you know, he, there was nothing scary about LaBelle. He was just, a, he was an annoying, but he's an early case game. He's, like, second case, but right? Everybody in the case was so scared of him, though. That's the yeah. thing. But then you see him and you're like, you're just a fucking smelly dude. <laughs> like... Yeah, and, like, he didn't smell good. 
He had his perfumes were bad, but also that's the other thing is we've had a a kind of floofy dude with bad perfumes. We've done it before in Ace Attorney. Yeah. So Florent Rubello was like very um he wasn't evil enough to be true evil and he was also uh ripped off of the Joker and of um the chef. Yeah, it was just basically like a and that dude was scary. <laughs> so. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm fine with deleting the bell. It's Yeah, delete him. Just gone. Just just replace. I don't care. At this rate though, between map up and 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 deleting Flora LaBelle, uh, we're, we're deleting that whole case. We are, which is unfortunate, because I do like Jinxie, and I like her dad. I like her dad a lot. But then no one dies. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. And then the uh, other late homework question people were giving us were prosecutors. Uh, new prosecutors, cool prosecutors. Uh, so Ross uh, thinks that Gant would be a good prosecutor, because he already has control over everyone. So, like, Francesca and her whip, he'd be able to, like, get the control of the judge to his liking. Uh, so, that that was Ross's vote. I will say, like, if the Gantt case at the end, Gantt had, like, ta- hijacked the prosecutor and started being the prosecutor, what a fucking power move. Yeah, absolutely. That would have been, like, the twist of the century. Um, I'm I'm very glad he's not a prosecutor because he's already too powerful. Yeah, but it would be very cool um, and spooky if he had become a prosecutor. Um, Abby Justice also would like to offer up Lisa Basil as a prosecutor, uh, and uh, oh. and some really cool reasoning. Um, so we need more female prosecutors. She'd be interesting mm-hmm. to go up against, and she's intelligent and can actually use technology, something unheard of in Ace Attorney. <laughs> it's true Um, it'd be it'd be cool and she uh contrast would be a cool prosecutor for athena's case because she could try to manipulate a hack widget and then force athena to defend and point out contradictions without widget uh that'd be so cool and then but but abby also just just like because widget's super annoying to use Uh, i imagine though um the reverse i mean you would still have to use widget for a little bit so i'm sorry to foil your plan but say widget gets hacked and because Widget is Simon says with smiley faces, right? Mm-hmm. Like, ha- um, and the emotions are very clear in Widget, right? It's like happy, sad, scared, mad, mad. Yeah. So if you hack Widget and you just kind of like you would be playing it, and a person would look happy, and and you would Widget would like select mad. It would be very clear if Widget was broken or hacked, yeah, because of. It's the nature of Widget. Well, basically, so, like, Widget is is unusable inside court because you're facing off Lisa Basil, but Abby was saying that you can use Widget, like, more like the Magnetama outside of court. Which would be more of a real yeah. therapy session instead of calling it an emergency therapy session in court. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm just still laughing at the fact that you, you know, you would be doing it and it would be a happy person and... You'd be like, look, this person shouldn't be happy when they are happy. And the judge would be like, your little robot says he's pissed, though. So, so I'm going to have to rule you guilty. <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody understands emotions. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be very cool. And then um, Lisa Basil would have no tells for Apollo because she's a robot. she's a robot. <laughs> um. Uh, another suggestion for prosecutor is uh, OG Mask to Mask. 
uh, said uh, Sheik from Ocarina of Time could be interesting. They would have to do Neyuta-esque waxing philosophical style of speech with all of Neyuta's insults, and that would look cool and have cool sprites. Um, but yeah. uh, how High Lillian would uh, work in Japanifornia, I'm not sure. Yeah, that would take a little bit. And then also how how Sheik being a um, disguised princess, how that would be a good twist later, except everyone would see it coming. What? Are you saying Sheik is a princess? <laughs> but like, I, in sort of in that vein, because Sheik is a, kind of a weird ninja. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Sheik is like a fusion between a ninja and like a a Middle Eastern nomad. Um, and that could be some, and you know, a ninja prosecutor would be some cool vibes. It would be. It'd be also like a fun whimsical thing to have that interact that a ninja prosecutor interact with Simon. Yes. Um, another option here is a uh, is quite different, but uh, Minerva McGonagall from Harry Potter. <laughs> Morphe Minerva would would be a great prosecutor, such that we would not be able to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the reasoning here is more female prosecutors, competent, cool. Plus, she is magic, so and magic is real in Ace Attorney. Mm-hmm. So cool interactions with Trucy. And that she could turn into a cat. Yeah, fuck yeah. I bet that the way that that would come into play, probably, which would be very cool, is while you're investigating, this cat keeps following you around. <laughs> like, and that's how she's investigating, and you, like, steal evidence from the crime scene, like you do. Yeah. And then, she, you know, in court, she gets it thrown out because she knows you stole it because she was there. <laughs> I'm No, I'm here for it. Like, I, Minerva is actually, like, a very good, a very good and interesting and well-rounded character, and unproblematic, mm-hmm. which is refreshing sometimes. In the, let's just say unproblematic in the books, because I do remember reading some shit about her in Pottermore. It's not something she did; it's about like her backstory and her. Oh, yeah. She had a fiance? Question mark. Um, but I remember being very upset by how fucking dumb the Pottermore info about Minerva was. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. I- this is back when Pottermore was in beta, though, and then I stopped. So, like, I don't know if there's been more about <laughs> about her. Uh, I'm not sure. I never, I never did Pottermore. I didn't need to take the test again to tell me what my house class was. I knew it in my heart. Yeah, because my heart was wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Mop up. Uh, said like, come on, make Larry a prosecutor. Lol. No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> But he's got that security uniform, so maybe he could be a bailiff now. <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah, Larry could be a bailiff. I think that'd be fun. Uh, let's see. Defense to prosecutor is such a tried and true break glass in case of emergency. Uh, let's make Hugh. O- sorry, let's make Hugh O'Connor, uh, still high school student, defend a defense class uh, because why not? So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want Hugh anywhere. <laughs> You don't even want him on a forklift? I especially don't. Well, actually, I feel like he probably is decent at construction work, unless he fucked something up during that trial. I don't remember that. See, I just thought in my head that his forklifting was... I know he worked construction in the game, but, like, I think he works at the Amazon warehouse doing <laughs> doing forklift stuff. I feel like that's what's going to happen at this point. Like, if his construction job ends, I think he might just, like, get the next nearest gimmick, which is going to be the Amazon warehouse. That's sad, though. It is. But Hugh O'Connor's a sad human, so... Yeah. Um, 
Mapapa was saying, like, instead of, you know, the defense turned prosecutor, what if the prosecutor turned defense? Uh, why not? So that's why he was, he was his pool. Uh, let's see. If Inks can go from an art major to a law major and defense attorney, Hugh can go, oh, see. I think Phoenix never actually got a law major. I think he only has a minor in law. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Japan's rules or whatever, but um, theoretically, in if if it is Japanifornia, right? Yeah, California is one of the few states in America where you can take the bar exam without a law degree. Mm. So he could minor in law and pass the bar and become licensed without going to law school in California. So it's possible. But you have to pass the bar, and in California and New York are the two hardest bar exams in the country. Oh, I can't so... imagine. California has so many laws. <laughs> They're all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, and it's it's just really hard. So the fact, if, if Phoenix never majored in law and he just minored in law and never went to law school and passed the bar, like, that's fucking superhuman. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I don't know what the rules are, like you said, in Japan. So, like, we have to just go with, like, what we what we think of here. And it's like, yeah, that's insane. Phoenix is insane. So, who knows? Mm-hmm. But back to Hugh O'Connor. Uh, let's see. Um, so, let's say he he's a prosecutor now. A prosecutor with a bow and arrow in glasses does sound like a completely normal Ace Attorney anime idea. The Robin Newman can switch defense and complete the set. Uh, so, like, basically this would be, like... A game in which we retired all of the Ace Attorney characters that are currently are currently in our lineup, and we just go down to like the next generation. Yeah, the TikTok. Yeah, teens. we go down to the TikTok scenes. <laughs> the Hugh O'Connor, the Robin Newmans, uh, and well, Junie Junie could become the the youngest judge to ever exist, the or judge. whatever. I would like to see Junie as a judge. I mean, I, I the judge is great, but I would like to see other judges. Um, but I don't know how that would translate to a mechanic. Yeah, because cause the only other judge in all of Ace Attorney... The only two other judges in all of Ace Attorney are uh, the Canadian judge. Which yeah. is not any different, really, <laughs> than regular judge. And, and there's, al- there's also... There's the um, Kurainese judge, but there's also the Phoenix Wright versus Ace Attorney judge, but ignore him for a second. Oh, yeah. Um, the Kurainese judge is just harsher. I don't even remember what that judge looks like. He's got a square hat, I think. Presumably, Daigakuten Saiban has a judge, too. That's true. And and as we met in Ace Attorney Investigations 2, there's a judge in that game. Yes. I'm just going to say that because this is the non-spoiler scene. Right. She functions less like a judge, I would say, without getting too spoilery, but... Sorry, I'm just trying to look up the... Because there's no court in... Uh, in investigations. In investigations. Yeah, so, she, so her functionality switches a little bit. I'm trying to find this judge. Oh, okay. God, I just fucking forgot him altogether. How could you forget those eyebrows? I did, but... Because <laughs> there's a lot else happening in that game, and he was... You know, the the main opponent in that was the puddle. Yeah. Last known status, alive, May 2028. Uh, one-off nicknames, Magistry Pops, Mr. Magistry Man, and Good Magistry. All right. <laughs> and an unnamed wife, an unnamed daughter, an unnamed father, deceased. 
Oh, you're on the wiki. I was looking at court records, and he's not on court records. No, I'm on yeah, the wiki. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I was like, where are you finding him? Okay. Which actually brings up a Hallmark question Mop Up brought up, which was, you know, a, you know, rather than a new prosecutor, who would you make as a new judge? Um, which we can... We can bank in the homework the homework bay, but I think it is a very worthwhile question. Yeah, I agree. Because we do have a small selection of, a very small selection of judges that don't vary very much. You know, there's three that are basically the same, and then, like, two other ones. It is true. I think we got to use a lot more variety in judges. There's so, so uh, James gave us a bunch of, or sorry, OG Massimas gave us a bunch of things which are also not necessarily good talking points, but learned that Fiero Tigre was 42 years old. Holy shit. Which is like, might not be noteworthy, <laughs> but I don't really have a conversation about it. Hey, funny attorney fact, Fiero Tigre is 42 years old <laughs> in trials Holy and tribu- shit. Tri- tribulations. What fucking skin cream does he use? I fucking don't know. It's a weird ass guess- bag. Hey, I guess we should tan more because it makes you young. Okay. Orange, orange, but young is uh is an interesting trade off. Yeah, but also that makes his whole situation with Viola worse. Way worse. Way worse. Way way worse. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend I never learned that. Actually, <laughs> all right, thanks, OG. I learned it, and I'll remember. Michelle will forget it. And he's and he's scooting around on his little moped <laughs> and. I would be forty two scooting on a moped, but not in a tiger yakuza suit <laughs> imagine being 42 and like posing as a 22 year old attorney. <laughs> oh god that's already hard and i'm not i'm 30 the audacity <laughs> of it i can't even imagine like i i feel like right now if i try to go into a high school or into like just a college, the pure chutzpah just to be yeah. like i feel like uh that 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 skit where the guy oh, i forgot the actor's name but you know hey cool teens what's up with the backwards head and the skateboard is that Christopher Walken? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Hello Fellow yeah, Teens. Yeah, Hello Fellow Teens. So. God, we gotta stop talking about teens, because then this episode's gonna be called TikTok Teens. I thought that's what the episode was gonna get called. It was, oh, God it was the funniest it. thing we've said. <laughs> Say something else about it. Uh, something else funny. Something else funny. Something else that is funny. Um, uh... OG Master Mask has a suggestion, Michelle. Maybe you should buy a bunch of Switch Joy-Cons and then tape them over all the Wiimotes on your Ace Attorney poster so it's not outdated anymore. <laughs> you know, I have... So, because it's me and Tony, we have many Joy-Cons, which is to say I have one pair of Joy-Cons that came with my Switch, and Tony has many, many, many Joy-Cons. Yes, yes. Tony has a Joy-Con problem, and it's not his fault. They all come in fun colors. They all come in fun colors, and he's he casually puts them on his lists for Christmas, and then people buy them for him, even though they're very expensive. Yeah. However, Animal Crossing has call has killed a couple of the Joy Cons with the drift. For some reason, Animal Crossing, our Animal Crossing, it just kills left Joy Cons. Oh, so shit. I could tape all the the Joy Con, the left Joy Cons <laughs> that are drifting to the Wiimotes. <laughs> they're all holding the drifting Joy Cons. Because Nintendo's closed, so I can't get them, like, ship them in to get them fixed right now. Same. So we're just, honestly, I, I am just using the Pro Controller and, and, and playing on praying the TV. that I have, yeah, and playing on the TV and praying that I don't have to use the, I did play it in, this weekend was Splatfest, and I, so I did play it on, in the mobile mode briefly, and I didn't have any drift, so that was So good. it might be the game and not the cons itself. I should try one of the drifty ones 
in Splatoon and then like fucking lose like a chump. <laughs> Ugh, losing is for chumps, Michelle. We can't do that. As I discussed on the stream, I do play Splatoon with the TikTok teens. And... <laughs> You're digging your own TikTok teen hole here. <laughs> I didn't say TikTok teens there. I think I said children. On the stream, you did. You said you said the kids. I believe are children or something. Yeah. The kids, yeah. Well, because that's how I feel. Like, I like, I enjoy Splatoon a lot, but I do feel really, like, I, I uh, really bad. Like, I go into Splatoon and I just kill, like, kids who are well, trying here, to play Well, here's game. an idea, Michelle. For your birthday, because that's coming up, you can send me a copy of Splatoon and I'll play with you. <laughs> <laughs> but then we'll be on a team killing children together. Yeah, the whimsy! I suppose I should use the word splatting because nobody dies. In please, no, please don't uh, say the word splatting. Sp- I don't like that. Children. <laughs> I'd rather splat children, children than splat children. <laughs> um, I don't make the rules. I'm just repeating to you what happens in Splatoon and what you do is you splat people. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess if you really want to send me a copy of Splatoon for your birthday, that's what we'll I, do. Uh, I I participated in the last, the last last Splatfest. Like there was the the big final Splatfest they made a big deal about, and then this weekend they did another Splatfest just for funsies. It's like, oh, we didn't actually kill Splatfest. It's back. It's back. Um, and this and this one was Mayo versus Ketchup, and I was on Team Mayo. And then later I got onto t- to Twitter, and I had forgotten I followed a Twitter called Splatoon News because there's no Splatoon News, <laughs> and they had they tweeted. Team Ketchup won the Splatfest, and I'm like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> it's the last Splatfest, and I lost. Oh, oh, feels bad. I think I lost the real last Splatfest, too, because the real last Splatfest was Team Chaos versus Team Order, right. and I think I lost that one, too. I don't remember what team I was on. I was on Marina's team, and I lost. <sighs> That's the end of my Splatoon podcast, and Splatoon's dead again. What's the name of the Splatoon podcast? Splatting teens? <laughs> Splatting the TikTok teens? I mean, it would probably be called off of the... Because the, the two... Both of the games have the premise that there's these two famous people who are basically, like, have a news show, and they're the announcers. Um, and so in the old game... Uh, I don't remember what they're called. In this game, they're called Off the Hook, and that's also their band, because they're they're both in a band. So it would probably be called Off the Hook. I feel like if you call it off the hook, you need to have a subtitle so you know it's a Splatoon podcast. A Splatoon podcast. We have a subtitle and it's of Ace Attorney fan. That's true, we do. So, uh, or it would be called Squid Kids. Are you a squid or are you a kid? Squid Kids is good. It's very clear. Squid Kid Pod. Squid Kid Pod. All right. Well, thank you for your 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 brief Splatoon podcast in the middle of our podcast. Yeah, sorry. Except I play an octoling because I'm not a fucking chump. No. <laughs> Oh, come at her. Because no, I, I paid for the DLC. The... Oh, because you are a chump. That's right. Okay. Because I am a chump. <laughs> hey, the DLC was good and had a good story. I, I believe it. I, I'm i not above it. I just uh, don't, don't own it because you don't want to pay money. I just want it to be on okay. sale and it's Nintendo. And as we've learned from Nintendo, they only report the OG trilogy three times. And they put that on sale, but no new games. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's about it for late homework. We have more suggestions from everybody. Uh, 
of like of entertainment, things we could do, things we could watch. I'm going to like spread that news out or those suggestions out over over the months so I'm not giving you 17 other suggestions in one go. Because uh, they're very helpful. Though. They are helpful. So keep sending them. But, you know, that way we just give you a little taste of like, hey, maybe this month you do this or this month you do that. Uh, so thank you, everybody. Super grateful for all the suggestions and all the, the drought life-giving blood that we can do. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, so we're going to save all of the uh, homework questions for next time because all the homework questions are from the stream. And so we're going to catch everybody else up to what the stream has been. So here is Spoiler Town. Now, yeah, now we're entering Investigations 2 Spoiler Town. Let's talk about the first case. All right. So um. Investigations 2, Prosecutor's Path, Miles Edgeworth. I don't know what order any of those words are set in, first off. <laughs> Turnabout Target. The Turnabout Target's the first case of that game. So that's this one. So. Okay, so um, the it's it's only been two weeks since Investigations One, which we keep coming back to because that's so poor. Edgeworth is having the worst month of his life. Yeah, it was the worst day of his life, and it's extended to the worst month of his life. Right, it was the worst like one week of his life too because he was on the plane and everything. Oh, it's true. But okay, um. So, Turnabout Target is the president of Zengfa comes to make a speech about the events of Investigation 1, how the smuggling ring was disbanded and and gotten rid of by the prosecutor's office. So, the president of Zengfa flies in to give this speech to where? Gord Lake. <laughs> it's got a nice atmosphere. It's got very secure parameters. I don't. I really don't know why. And the so the president of Zangfa looks really buff and like kind of like a lion. He's got like a beard situation and a hair situation. He looks like a buff lion. He's a buff lion man, and um, his like suit is like vacuum sealed to his body. Vacuum sealed, like it's painted on. So remember that for later. <laughs> That's gonna be important later. Yeah. Turns um, out, turns out there's at the Gord Lake. There's an assassination attempt. Uh, the the gunshots are hurt, rang out, and so the president is rushed into the plane, um, and then we call in Edgeworth and the, the cops and Gumshoe um, to investigate. The chief prosecutor's in the audience, I remember correctly, and he, he calls for Edgeworth specifically. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's not super important, but it, it did happen. So we get there, the crowd's kind of been contained... We're investigating. We, you know, we have a good time of explaining the logic system. Um, there's this lady in the audience, and she keeps shouting up at you on the stage as you're investigating. Like even before you get to investigating, she's just shouting. Yeah, she's just shouting, and so you go down and you meet her. Her name is Nicole Swift, and she's a reporter who was on the scene at the time and recording. And so Edgeworth's like, well, you're going to have to tell me about what happened. But she's not buying it unless you do an interview. It, You know, Edgeworth kind of gets out of that by using logic chess. Because now at this time we beat people with on a big blue holographic chessboard by throwing pieces at them. <laughs> That's logic, baby. Um, so she, she was there, she witnessed it. She's dressed in, she's got this big, like, backpack camping gear situation, and she's wearing this, like, bicycle, um, coat. It's like a parka. Um. A sort of cycling parka. Like a streamlined parka. Yeah, it's not puffy, it's more like, yeah, like a sports 
windbreaker parka situation. Uh, and her backpack has, like, a literal bear trap on it. And she's yeah. got huge-ass headphones on. Her hair is, like, brown and kind of spiky, but, like, a lot kind of phoenixy, but just, like, more feminine, I guess, than down. I don't know if it's more feminine so much as it's, like, phoenixes goes back and hers goes down. <laughs> Uh, and she's got a microphone, and she's she's a bit Southern, and she's told us that she studied under a lot of heart. Yes, she's a lot of heart's um, apprentice. Um, she so we talked to her, and she recorded it. And we get that, and then we like fuck around some more, and we uh, investigate. It recently rained. Yes, <laughs> let me say it recently rained. Very important. So we look around, we dig in a trash can, and we find a bag with a gun in it, uh, and also, like, plans of the the security detail and everything, and then we find Kay Faraday, and she was just there, and that was cool. It was hella cool. She was watching the case, I guess, or, like, watching the speech, and she took some selfies and uh, uh, some pictures of the events, um, and, and so we, like, left side, right side, like decide to investigate the area and uh we learned that there was a laser sight on the gun we kind of scoot to the other side away from the trash can and we find like a ice cream stand is it an ice cream stand? it's a hot dog like stand a, a hot dog stand samurai dogs yeah. yeah and we find a red raincoat underneath the ice cream stand a hot dog stand and then we meet the ice cream man. <laughs> yeah. There is a man who's working the Samurai Dog stand, and Samurai Dogs also sells ice cream. And the reason Michelle keeps saying ice cream is because this man is holding an ice cream cone. He is holding an ice cream cone. And he's wearing a pink sort of yukata coat. Yeah. Um, I forget what those are called, but it's just the And Howry. it's Shelly to Killer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The important part is Shelly. <laughs> it's Shelly to Killer, and his arm's in a sling, but his other arm's holding ice cream. And that's who we meet, Who's who's... He says his name is John Doe. He's an ice cream salesman. <laughs> and he's just here to sell ice cream. Yeah, so you question him, and Edgeworth is very intent on proving that John Doe, Shelley the Killer, wore this raincoat. Because the raincoat has blood on yeah. it. Yeah. And as you talk to Shelley, there is blood that seeps through the bandages on his arm. Which is distressing. Very. <laughs> And he wipes it away with a napkin somehow. And then he wraps that napkin back around the ice cream cone. Yeah. It's very upsetting. It's not. The ice cream yeah. cone is also very good because it kind of looks like a little penguin. Uh, and it also, like, melts. It's kind of got, like, visuals close to the radio. The Yeah, and it's cool because Shelly DeKiller shows no emotion, but the ice cream cone shows his emotions. Yes, it's very good. So Edgeworth is busy trying to prove that this is Shelly's raincoat. Shelly's, therefore Shelly is the murderer. At this point, Edgeworth has no idea that this is Shelley to kill her. No, he does not pay attention to anything. He asks Kay when Kay shows up, are you still a phantom thief? And it's been two weeks. Yes, she's still a phantom, like, or not phantom thief, a uh, great thief. Aren't you over this yet? <laughs> yeah, is what he says to her. She's like, fuck no, yeet. Yeah, she's um looking for new candidates to be in the phantom thief, to be in the Yadigarasu. Yes, that is her, her, main, her main goal, but... Uh, you know, she's also here to have fun. Um, so after after we we basically get we get uh, Shelley to say that he he keeps saying that this isn't his raincoat because he's an umbrella man, even mm -hmm. though he doesn't have a free hand right now. Uh, right. We learn that one of the 
an important thing is that one of the bodyguards of the president was named Ethan Rook. That's going to be important. Right. There's a lot of chess happening. There's a lot of chess happening. We finally, like, talked to to Shelly to kill her enough um, that we get some information, but we can't, like, stick any crimes to him. He insists he's an umbrella man. He would never wear a raincoat. Um... Winston Payne's here. Also, there's that. He's here with the. He was here with the chief prosecutor for a minute. He was, yeah, and he he really wants Edgeworth to arrest um, Shelley to kill her with John Doe. Um, but at this point, Shelley to kill her reveals he saw another worse person wearing a raincoat who was aiming a laser pointer at the president. Um, and and Shelley DeKiller says, I did wear this raincoat and I discarded it because I saw that person with the laser pointer and I didn't want you to think it was me who had done the murder. <laughs> so this actually pans out because of the the way that the recording of the incident lines up. Um, we find out that the suspect was standing behind Winston Payne. And the chief prosecutor on the right side, and then Kay has a picture of a person in the raincoat on the left side. So, like, there were two, there actually were two people <laughs> in red raincoats. Wow, what a concept! Yeah, so we're like, wait a second. The person with the laser pointer was standing behind the chief prosecutor, and the reporter has a recording of the chief prosecutor talking to Winston Payne. So we turn back on the reporter girl who's been helping us, and we're like, Wait a second. What's your deal? And before she has told us that her that she's not an umbrella person, she's this parka person because her parka is reversible. So we realize that the inside of her parka is red. We don't get to see it, but we do we do reveal it yeah. that it was red. And uh so she insists that she's not the assassin. Um even though she did the red parka thing. And then And she out. did the red parka thing with the laser pointer, not with the per se the scope that's on the gun. Yeah, but before we can get more information out of her, another of the president's bodyguards comes out, Horace Knightley, and he informs everyone that the president is not was not a murdered, and he says actually Ethan Rook, the other bodyguard, uh, was killed. And now we're gonna the president um, wants to question Swift, the reporter, and she's the prime suspect, so she has to go inside the plane to be questioned. And Edgeworth is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I'm in charge of this investigation. I'm going to be the one questioning the president and doing this. Um, and Knightley's like, fuck you. I have diplomatic authority, and inside the plane is my diplomatic authority, and she's coming into the plane, which essentially means she's being taken to into Zengfa in custody. Right. Um, so Edgeworth's like, well, fuck, I guess we're gonna have to, like, I don't want to cause an international incident or anything, so I guess that's the end of the invest- Oh no, Shelley DeKiller has attacked Knightley and is holding a knife to his neck, and he's like, I'm not actually John Doe, I'm Shelley DeKiller, and, uh, <laughs> We're going inside that plane, baby. <laughs> I mean, when you put it like that, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, I thought this was an intro case. <laughs> and so you ha you have to convince them to let you on the plane, but you get them to convince... You get them... Well, you know, you don't, you don't convince them. Shelly the Killer convinces them. Shelly the Killer at knife point says... Um, 
Horace Knightley, you are giving investigative authority to Miles Edgeworth, and we are all going in that plane. And then we do. We also, Gumshoe has been around this entire time. Our good, good boy Gumshoe. It's very nice to have him back. We do send him away to do something. We tell Gumshoe to use the time to have the police surround the plane. Basically, it's like, we are all taken hostage, and part of that hostage situation is that Shelley DeKiller wants us to continue to investigate this murder. Um, Because Shelley DeKiller has a lot of, like, respect for Ethan Rook, the dead guy, and uh, Horace Knightley has a neck brace on, and it is later revealed that uh, Shelley to killer attempted to assassinate the president earlier, I guess, or do something like a week ago earlier. Yeah, like a week ago, and he's the one who put Horace Knightley in the neck brace. But Ethan Rook was the only one fucking cool enough to stop him. Yeah, and uh, there's a very good image for this where it's like Shelley to killer grabbing Horace Knightley by the neck, and, and all of these dudes in suits like like swarming. Yeah, and uh. And Horace Knightley spends most of his time, once you especially you get on the plane, like twirling his gun and trying to be this really cool guy. Yeah. Uh, but his tie is atrocious. It really takes away. He's really into chess and his tie is a chessboard. Yeah. And it's a brown <laughs> pattern chessboard. And so it just looks yeah. bad. And somebody in the stream pointed out it looks like cookies. It um, does. Um, so we tell Gumshoe surround the plane because shit's going to get bad. Um so we all go into the plane, and by we all I mean Swift, the reporter, Edgeworth, Kay, Shelley to Killer, Horace Knightley, and then there's a dead guy on the floor. <laughs> so Oh hey Oh hey. President the president of Zengfa is boarded up into his room, his special security room. So we do some investigating. We find out the body was shot. Uh but he had a bulletproof vest on and but it had gone in below the armpit so like the uh, like in a place where the bulletproof vest didn't cover um we find we examine the dead guy's gun it's fully loaded he had been killed before he could fire any shots um we do some more looking around there's like a, a bank of monitors um security monitors but one of them is missing and it's just a stuffed animal Mm -hmm. like in its place so that's weird uh, we find some documents. It's revealed through our investigation that actually there wasn't an assassination attempt on the president. That had been faked because the president wanted people to respect him more because he is not very respected in his country. So he staged a fake assassination attempt, which is a, also he is not using any of his bodyguards from Zengfa because nobody in Zengfa respects him and he doesn't trust the police in Zengfa. So he hired Japanifornian bodyguards. So Knightley and Rook are Japanifornian bodyguards. Um, so the, 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 he got Knightley and Rook to help him stage this fake assassination attempt. Rook was not on board with it because he's a good stand-up dude. <laughs> But Knightley was like, oh, hell yeah, fake assassination. I'm 100%. Like, let's go. Um, it is then, it is further revealed that they hired Swift to just point a laser pointer. To, and she was, she is innocent the whole time. She just looked like she was going to assassinate him with a laser pointer. Um, but actually, that was all staged. Right. And there was a, the president was wearing a bulletproof vest with a bullet already embedded into it, like to 
set up all this evidence for this fake assassination attempt. Um, what had what had actually happened though is Horace Knightley is the one who killed um, Rook because they got into an argument, and since he wasn't on board with this assassination attempt, uh, he Knightley killed him to to take his position as chief bodyguard or whatever, uh, and then he switched the gun, his gun with Knightley's gun. Or Knightley's gun with Rook's gun, and then something about a gun being thrown away outside. It's complicated. Anyway, he switched the he guns. He switched the guns because he took... He's like, Edgeworth, you are not going to be able to do this case anymore. Give me all your shit. And Edgeworth's like, okay, here's all my shit. Uh, and then, and then uh, you know, Shelley's like, fuck, no you ain't. And he's like, okay, give me back all the shit. So he gives us back all of our evidence, and in the evidence giving back, he switched the guns. Yeah. And this kind of all comes out because eventually we do get to talk to the president... And um, he, his like buff dude thing is a facade, and he's actually very he's melting. He's 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 a droopy, cowardly lion, melted man. Yeah, he he was like um, muscle arms. Yes, from SpongeBob. Yeah, very much the anchor arms. Anchor post, arms from SpongeBob. Post deflated. Um, but he actually, the president had a lot of respect for Ethan Rook and really liked him. So once we start proving that like Rook was dead and was not wanting to do the assassination attempt the president is like how could this happen you know like <laughs> oh no and so that's how we all and we eventually prove that Knightley shot him inside the plane and that's why that that particular monitor was broken mm -hmm. because he shot the monitor and then he had to move the the monitor and everything yeah and ballistics markings happen very proud of them yeah. But eventually we we figure that all out. Uh, Knightley breaks down and says that he hated Rook and was jealous and wanted to be the leader and he was going to get promoted. And he his assassination plan was perfect. Except for the fact that we got him. We got him. Meddling kids. Um, but uh, Shelley the Killer escapes and leaves a calling card. And you're like, gumshoe. And he's like, ah, we didn't have the plane surrounded properly, so Shelly the Killer got away. Sorry. And and us, the players, are like, you you, you go, Shelly. You go. Be free. Yeah. Um, he escapes a little bit earlier, I think. He does, actually. yeah. I'm trying to remember. That's why I was like, Shelly left before we solve the case. Shelly the Killer is satisfied with the progress of the investigation, like, a little bit earlier, and then escapes. Uh, he kind of, like makes it all go dark and then i think he knocks everybody down for some reason but he does leave his calling card. i think he takes the the lifeboat because if you investigate the plane there's like all these emergency things and one of them is like a boat and an, a single oar and i believe when the yeah. lights go back on the oar is missing and we are to oh because gumshoe had everyone surround the plane there's no one on the other side of the lake to intercept uh shelly yeah that's that's how shelly escapes and we're like respect right um the killer it said earlier the killer uh, admitted i'm looking at the wiki yeah. for reference but the killer admitted that a curious individual had indeed requested the assassination of the president um but it's i it seems to me like the as far as we know right now is that shelly the killer attempted to assassinate the president earlier he was stopped by Ethan Rook, who was the only one savvy enough to stop Shelley the Killer. And so Shelley the Killer's, you know, personal code of conduct is, that dude rules. 
I will no longer interfere with anything that dude wants, <laughs> right? So he's no longer trying to kill the president. Um, and so when he gets accused of it, uh, he, he, he takes these drastic measures to show that he didn't do it. And he wants to have Ethan Rook's memory, like, honored because he was such a rad dude. Uh, and then once he's satisfied that you're on the right track, he escapes like a badass and leaves a calling card for you. God, he's so cool. Yeah, but he's probably going to come back, so. But that's the first case. Yay. Um, and then we, we have, like, a little bit of a debriefing with uh, Nicole Swift, and she's like, I just wanted a scoop, but this is not good journalism. Yeah, I think it, like, showed that that she had agreed to do the assassination attempt because she would be, that like, she knew about it ahead of time. She'd get to write about it. But they also, I think, promised her an interview with the president of Zengfa. Uh, this seems, yeah, yeah. And she's really, you know, because she just really wants to make it big. So. Yeah. So she seems like she's going to turn it around after that. I don't know if she'll be back, but. Un- unknown for us, uh, we are playing with Kevin, who does know, and he's very good about being like, well, just see. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, but it was a really good first case. Yeah, it, it had a lot of action, a lot of action, a lot of high stakes, and it did, it did, uh, it made us really sad for Gumshoe because Gumshoe spends a lot of it going like, like we get a lot of Gumshoe backstory, but it's all sad. Yeah, it's all just Gumshoe uh, is sad. At one point, he's just like, oh, maybe that's in the second case, but he does say something along the lines of like, "Eh, that was pretty good, right, sir? Not worth docking my pay or anything." Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he also really is into the samurai dogs, um, but he doesn't have any money. He wants to buy one, but he doesn't have any money. And we make him crawl around the dirt a lot. It's really sad. Yeah. Dig your trash. Dig we made trash him dig through trash, and it was very funny because it's like, why are we making him dig through trash? Oh, there's a full bag and a full gun. <laughs> That's why. The, yeah, the, there's just a full ass gun in there. <laughs> It isn't, for the future, it is important that Horace Knightley is very into chess. I mean, he keeps, he's into chess and guns, which is like a weird aesthetic, but okay. Yeah. I, I, pistol tricks. I really wish there was more I could say about Horace Knightley in terms of like, he, he's just trying to be cool. He's a little cool, I guess, until he stops being cool because he's a murderer and he's crazy and he's just out for, out for himself and out for power. Uh, but that's pretty classic Ace Attorney there. The only reason that you think he's cool is because if they had put cowboy clothes on him, <laughs> then he'd be cool <laughs> and you like cowboys. But the fact that he's wearing a fucking chessboard tie, like he's not, 70, he's not a cowboy. No, no matter how many she f- he flips his <laughs> pistols, he's not a cowboy. Like, it's just like his, his, uh, his facade is, is cool dude. And I'm not saying it's, it's working, uh, because he's a, he's an asshole. Yeah, he's he's an asshole, and he's like really out for himself, um, fame and promotion, and himself. And so, like, he's not an, he's he's no honor. No. And uh, <laughs> I believe we were told that this game, this whole game, is kind of an homage to the first Ace Attorney game. It came out ten years after the first Ace Attorney game, so there is a lot of like Ace Attorney Easter eggs. Like Shelley is back. There are going to be more in the next case. And, uh, you know, we get Winston Payne, who we really didn't need, but there he is. Yeah. Um, the two prosecutor, seeing his back is interesting because he just looks like a normal fucking dude. And I'm wondering what's up with that. Well, he seems like a good dude, though, because um, I believe he knew about 
some of the nefariousness of this uh, incident, and he called you knowing that you would find it. Like, he insisted upon Miles Edgeworth coming to solve it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I was delighted to have Kay back in the first case. Uh, I just enjoy her immensely. I'm trying to think if there's anything else noteworthy. I just, like, it was just a solid case. Like, you know, it, yeah. it, had, a good, it had good twists. You know, us having to get onto the plane was well handled. Uh, logic chest... I don't remember if it was timed in the first one, but it is timed in this it one. Was. It was. It's timed, yeah. All right, so that that's back. I'm not a fan of the, 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 the shit time bar, but it does refill enough where it's fine. Yeah, it feels relatively frequently and stuff, so I don't know if we will lose that, but it does add an element. It's You do the normal old school from Investigations 1 logic connectors thing, but you also have this logic chest when you're... Um, in what is the court portion, mm-hmm. it, it it makes it more stressful. I guess that's a good thing for video games. Yeah, no, and I think it's good. I'm just easily, I get sweaty when I'm nervous, so my <laughs> hands are just, you know, arms weak, mom spaghetti. <laughs> um, let's talk about the real question, though, because there's a long, long period of this case, which is broken down into raincoats versus umbrellas. <laughs> I'm an umbrella person. Just no questions there. I'm also an umbrella person. Shelly the Killer, I think, would be an umbrella person, but he also has to be in disguise frequently. It's true. Um, raincoats make me sweaty, uh, and then you have a wet coat afterwards. It's by design. This is what I'm. This is why I'm anti raincoat, and I have one, and it's a it's a, it's a cool raincoat, and I like it because it looks good, but I can hardly wear it because it is it's made to keep water out, and by by necessity, that means it keeps sweat in. Yes. And so it's immediately, it doesn't breathe, and it immediately gets sweaty. <laughs> yes. And it's raining, so it's humid outside, so you're super sweaty. So you arrive at your destination free of rain, but drenched in sweat, and it's terrible. Yeah, it's somehow almost worse. And the coat itself will dry off quickly. That is true. I have a raincoat, not because I bought one, but because I lived in an apartment with four other girls, and when we were moving, I asked every time, Whose coat is this? And nobody said it was theirs. So I kept it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I bought mine at a garage sale. So, like, I spent, what, maybe $3 on it? Because it looked good. And I was like, maybe this one will breathe. None. None breathe. Like a fool. Uh, now, what, what's your favorite type of umbrella? Because there's basically, like, there's the, the portable type, the small ones you can always keep in a bag. Those don't cut it for Chicago weather, though. Yeah. I, I primarily use the portable kind that you keep in a bag. Because I keep it with me all the time in my work bag that I keep everything mm-hmm. in. So that just ends up being what I'm doing. But yes, we live in a famously windy city. And so like if you, particularly if you're downtown, um, unusable. <laughs> That's what's... My favorite type is, of course, the the long one that has the little curly, curly handle. Like a long, um, I think they're called golf umbrellas, right? The big boys. Yes. The big, the big, big boys are golf umbrellas. I'm leaning, and I have one of those in the car, but I never bring it around because it is a hassle to carry it it's around. It's true. I have, I, I prefer umbrellas that are just the step down from the golf umbrellas that are the super big boys because they are heavy. But mine are just long, and so they're easily. Most of my umbrellas are obtained from pe- working retail and people forgetting to take <laughs> forgetting them. them. So then I take them. <laughs> And the reason they forgot them is because they're unwieldy. Mm-hmm. So they get set down and then they get lost forever. Yes. But uh, in my repertoire, I've had one that my, brother's, my brother has illegally obtained from the Lego store for me <laughs> when he worked at the Lego store. 
Yeah. Uh, I have a clear plastic one, which is fun because those are dome-shaped, so you really are, it's an umbrella for one, you definitely can't share it, but it is yeah. it is whimsical because it's see-through. Uh, and it's protective, right? Because you, you could stick it over your face. Yes, it is very protective. You don't get, like, a lot of dripping onto your bag, which a lot of the other ones fall prey to. Um, mm-hmm. And then I used to have a red one from a, a forgotten customer, and uh, somebody somebody bamboozled me and also did end up taking it, and I missed that umbrella dearly. <laughs> that was my favorite. I will say that red umbrella was my favorite. I loved that umbrella, and somebody took it, and they would not fess <laughs> up to it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so sad because it was my. I don't have it. I would fess yeah, up. I it was. Um, I have a. It was somebody at work took it. Oh, which is fair. Um, I took it from somebody at work. They just never this, came back and asked for it. The cycle continues. <laughs> um, but I yeah. I mean that's my preference. But I also never remember to bring those. Like I don't look at the weather in the mornings. I'm that person. Oh yeah. So I don't remember to bring an umbrella for later, which is why I default to the flimsy bag umbrella. I, and mine is dying, so I'm gonna need a new one. I have a flimsy umbrella that I keep in my my office desk. So if I leave mm-hmm. work, I have one. If it's raining. But the only other time I, I grab a big boy is if it is currently raining as I'm leaving my apartment in the morning. In the morning. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about my that's how I that's how I roll with my umbrellas. I don't ever choose to wear a rain jacket because it's but similarly, so if I had like I would only be in the position to choose a rain jacket in the morning because I'm not going to remember to bring one with me. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it might rain later. I'll just wear my rain jacket to be safe. Yeah, because then you're sweaty with no profit. <laughs> with no profit. You're sweaty and you didn't even benefit. But, like, if you carry it with you, I mean, like, wow, you are you got your life and shit together. If you can plan that far ahead to bring a rain jacket <laughs> and not wear it, holy shit. Yeah, that's a real Del TM stuff. Yeah. Um. So, OG Master Mask, who's been following the streams, uh, thoughts on Investigation 2 was when they first played this game, the first case really dragged for them. Um. And because of that, they didn't really like the case until I looked back and watched other people play it. It's still not their favorite case, but uh, a lot of people think that this is their favorite case, which is interesting because I've heard nothing but bangers from this game. So we'll see how that goes. Um, The developers wanted this case to feel like a final case, which is why Knightley has an objection clip. Which I don't remember him having an objection clip, but it's good that he does. It it does. I do, cause, but mostly because I was doing his voice, so I was paying attention to what it sounded like in the investigation, oh, the objection clip, that... and I was like, oh shit, he doesn't actually sound like Solid Snake, <laughs> or me trying to sound like Solid Snake. That's okay. I mean, whatever we do becomes my headcanon, so. <laughs> well, then that's good, except for it also means everybody sounds like me. <laughs> like that's a problem. But uh, OG does say that they do a good job of introducing the major characters, like Kay, early in the game and not too late into the overall storyline. But OG does say, still likes the case, but uh, is forever associated with ice cream and being confused about Red Hoods. Which is true. That's like the the base issue or the base like conflict of of whodunit is this is a raincoat. Yeah, and I can see, like, what OG said, like, I can see kind of how it drags simply because the part, this case is kind of divided into two parts, and there's the part that is outside with the raincoats and the ice cream, and then there's the parts that are inside the plane, and the parts inside the plane go a whole lot faster than the parts that are outside the plane. Yes. 
Yes, the plane um, is high is high tension, I would say. So you don't even figure out anybody. When you're outside, you don't even know anyone's dead yet. Like, that's how, like, they're, it's the base tutorial part. And that's probably why it feels longer. Um, and while I did enjoy that part, you can only enjoy a tutorial so much. And that's fair. <laughs> Jams takes the, takes the opposite stance, which is like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fine case, but it's a great opener. Because, you know, it is, it, it is a tutorial, you know. It is telling you how to play the game. You start with presidential assassination, returning favorites, new characters, intro to Logachus, fucking Shelly to killer. It's wild right. for a first case. Uh, and that's probably why, like, it it does a good job of being a tutorial, um, but only for people who have played Ace Attorney before. Because when you're like, oh, I'm really kind of bored of this tutorial, who shows up? Shelly to fucking killer shows yeah. up. And so the Ace Attorney people are on board. Whereas I wonder, as always... If somebody's never played Ace Attorney, but they pick up this one, and the ice cream man named John Doe comes around, clearly he's suspicious. His name is John Doe, and he has a big stitch down his face. But you don't know why he's, like, you don't know he's an assassin. So you're probably just like, this dude did it. <laughs> right? Absolutely. So I, I I will say, like, if somebody who's, like, never played an Ace Attorney game before, Miles Edgeworth 2, Prosecutor's Path, uh... Yeah, that seems like a good place to start. <laughs> That's a little on the player, I think, but yeah. Uh, but also, you had to download. I have, you know, I will say playing on the emulator is is fine. If anyone's interested in actually picking it up and actually finally doing doing the game on an emulator, it is fine. It does get stuck. It feels like in terms of slowness, instead of like freezing up completely and being unable to play, it just lags. Yeah, um, and there's absolutely some good ass music in this game, but the problem with playing on the emulator is the music keeps is fluctuating so much with the lag and whatnot. Like I don't actually know how any of these songs sound <laughs> unless they're the old songs. Yeah, um, which is not. It's clear that it is good, but it's just we are not hearing it at the speed at which it is supposed to be heard. Not at all. And the emulator, like like we said, fluctuates, but so, so sometimes it goes faster. Yeah. It's not just like it always slows down to a weird tempo. It sometimes speeds up beyond the normal tempo. It's very strange. Yeah. And so if you want to play it, we I mean I do recommend anybody who is hankering play it. Um uh if you don't want to do the emulator stuff, then we got it on the YouTube. It's in the description. You can watch us play it and do all the voices, but I don't remember if it was Ross, but somebody said that we are we're doing pretty good. Like, we're doing pretty well playing it, so I'm pleased with that. Makes Everybody has been very supportive. Everyone's been super supportive. Um, you know, and so we still want to make sure that if you don't come to the streams, that you can still listen to this podcast and at least get them good yeah. them good meat bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why we're going to, we're right now, we're, we're a good chunk of the way through the second case. Yeah, I think we are at the end. Like, I think we're at the final confrontation of the second case. Yeah, so we're getting close to the end, so we can probably talk about the second case in the next episode. Uh, But a big component about this case is there there are pets. Yeah, prison pets. Prison pets. Um, So... What the homework question is? There's there's several variations on the homework questions, which some people have already sent in because they're they're they've they've been privy to be ahead of the game. Is, uh, you know, but as ranking all of our pets in Ace Attorney, all of the animals we have in Ace Attorney to rank them, 
and figure out which is the best pet, which is a little bit unfair for Miss since Missile's around. Since Missile's gonna win. Missile's probably gonna win, <laughs> but uh, somebody did set in a ranking for that. There's. I'm gonna say pest counts. Pest counts. Yes. Pest is just the director says Edgeworth has a dog named Pest. Uh, pest counts. Yes. Um, and then if every villain in Ace Attorney had a pet, what pet would they have? If they have a prison pet as part of their, their prison rehabilitation, which pet would they have? And then the yeah. third part was just... Uh, and every with that prison pet thing, every animal in the world is fair game, considering one of these dudes has a baby polar bear. So even endangered animals or whatever, I guess they're on the table. Yeah, so please give me your list of villains and which prison pet that they would have to take care of while they are in prison. Um, yeah. And we're going to discuss that next time after we recap the second case. So uh, you can send those to objecttothispodcast at gmail.com or you can send it to our Tumblr at objecttothis.tumblr.com. You can find us in so many places now. You can listen to us on Podbean, which is where we live. Uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, yeah, Apple Podcasts, uh, uh, the internet. You can also now watch. You can find us on Twitch every Friday, like I said, Twitch.tv/RavenousKitty. But it's also in the description. Yes, that's that's. I'm sorry we didn't make a special one. I just use my own Twitch. <laughs> Fight me. Uh, let's see. And then we are also posting them on YouTube and the YouTube is just our object to this podcast at gmail.com YouTube. Um, um, but YouTube is search function is a, a disaster zone. So I've also linked that in the description. Thank you. Cause, Cause I, I, I've titled the episodes object to this, like let's play object to this place. Miles Edgeworth to prosecute you, blah, 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 blah. And I have them in parts. So, uh, yeah, you could definitely watch if, watch it there if you want. Um, Thanks, Dark Shadow Rage 2 off the YouTubes for the use of our theme song, Hey Pala, Detective Gumshoe Remix. Absolutely. And then in, we have some Manfreds at the end, but it's going to be thanks to RD002. And just a little bit a little bit more on that is RD uh, Manfred some songs, but from a album called Polar Opposites and provided us a YouTube link. And uh, it is part of their band, and it's gonna it's a, it's a multi-genre rock, pop, alternative, coffee shop, jazz album. Album. And they are selling this album, and for the first three months, this album just went live uh, at the end of May here. Uh, the album is uh, having proceeds go to NHS Charity. So uh, you can pick up that album, uh, but you can also hear that sweet music Manfred at the end of this episode. Yeah, and I always do wonder, like, do people hear the Manfred and go, I wonder what that song really sounds like? Well, now you can. You can hear what RD's songs really sound like, and the RD and some of their friends from college. So, so yeah, go ahead and give that a listen to and help out, help out everybody in these times. Uh, mm -hmm. RD, uh, you also got thanks from other podcast listeners for that beautiful sax cover. That was fantastic. Once again, because it thank was, you. it was beautiful. Just gonna slip this in here. OG Master Mask, don't worry about it. Jessie's not insulted. She can't. Li she doesn't listen. She can't be insulted. <laughs> Wait, tell, I'll edit this out, but tell me what happened. Apparently, in the last email, didn't write about what the, you know, all the floofy stuff about the podcast. Um, you know, podcast is always there. I'm glad you liked the eulogy. Also, be clear, I didn't mean to insult Jesse or anything. I think I was trying to make a joke about how she has trouble making it to podcast episodes. But I'm always excited when she's there. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, Jesse's not insulted. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Jesse, Jesse can't be insulted. She's busy. <laughs> she, yeah. Um, I'm excited when Jessie's here, too, and someday we'll have her back. And I don't want everyone to think I'm always shitting on Jessie. I love her dearly. 
I call her all the time. Yes. Just to also make sure she's okay. Because, uh, yeah. Because sometimes Jessie will forget to eat for days. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. She's okay. Yes. If, if the people who come to the stream know that sometimes Jessie pops into the stream, says her internet's bad, and then she's going to go play Animal Crossing and not, and not hang out with us. <laughs> so, you know. Yes. We love her very much. <laughs> yes. We and do. she misses you, kind of. <laughs> as much as she has the capacity to miss you, she misses you. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, this is a bit of a ramble cast of an episode, but thanks all for sticking to the end. Send us your emails. See you on the stream. If not, we'll talk to you next month. I'm Stephanie. I'm Michelle. And I was object to this, so why don't you object to that? Love me. Oh